0: Welcome to the Tap into Safety podcast, where Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co founder, discusses the latest research, reports, and interesting topics to help health and safety, human resource, and training professionals in their efforts to keep every worker safe every day. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me. There's a considerable focus on strategies to help workplaces dealing with mental health issues, and the pandemic is placing pressure on them to do more. Now in the past, focus has been on establishing that supporting the mental health of our employees is actually a workplace issue, rather than placing that in the realm of the individual's personal responsibility. Today, we're keen to learn what organisations are doing to support worker mental health why they're doing it and their experiences of managing mental health issues in their workplace. Some workplaces take extensive initiatives to support worker mental health and others do very little. Some have robust mentally healthy workplaces, others have a long way to go and many encounter barriers along the way as well as achieve varying results. For this podcast I'm going to discuss some research that was published last year that investigates how Australian workplaces are dealing with mental health. I'll discuss the range of initiatives they're using and the barriers they encounter when introducing support programs. If your organisation wants to be proactive in their approach in supporting good worker mental health, then there are three activities that you can use when dealing with mental health issues you should look at activities that firstly prevent harm at work, for example, job design. Secondly, promote positive aspects of the workplace, for example, positive psychology interventions and human resource management practices and policies. And thirdly, that are designed specifically to address mental health as they occur at work, for example, mental health first aid training, employee training on coping strategies and employee assistance programs. So with that in mind, there are both proactive and reactive reasons why organisations use the three activities when dealing with mental health issues. These include the occurrence of a previous workplace incident. For example, they may have had a stress claim that indicates that the characteristics of the work or the workplace are contributing to mental health concerns. Secondly. They may have had an increase in work cover and insurance premiums due to a high level of claims. Number three is that there might be a clear business case for addressing mental health. For example, the occurrence of a workplace incident that requires new approaches or they may have rising costs. The fourth area is the organisation may have an increased awareness of mental health issues through legislation and awareness campaigns. For example, the Model Work Health and Safety Act requires organisations to provide a mentally healthy workplace, and ISO 45001 2018 has a similar requirement to meet the international standard. And finally, they may have an increased awareness due to the use of external or internal consultants and champions. (coughs) The study finds that there is a range of initiatives that Australian businesses use when dealing with mental health issues. The four most common are employee assistance programs, mental health awareness days, for example, Are You OK Day, mental health first aid training, and organization wide meetings that include a discussion of mental health issues. And then there are other initiatives, including Adopting an organisation-wide focus on physical and mental health, for example, a workplace health program. The provision of information on mental health to staff. The appointment of a staff member to coordinate well-being and mental health. They may also sponsor community efforts to address mental health. Develop a supporting culture to support employee mental health and introduce social activities focused on well-being and mental health. Now, there are several factors that facilitate the introduction and continued use of initiatives to support employees who are dealing with mental health issues. The most important are the personal commitment of an organisational leader in improving the organization's response to mental health. This can stem from direct or indirect personal experience with mental health challenges. They also need to develop a clear business case for implementing mental health activities and an organisational culture that is aligned with or fits these mental health activities. They need activities to develop leaders who know their people and so can identify any mental health issues that develop, as well as an appropriate budget must be allocated to allow activities to be conducted to address employee mental health. Several barriers prevent the uptake of initiatives to support employees and companies dealing with mental health issues. And the first one is stigma, stigma about mental health. The second is managerial reluctance in dealing with employee mental health issues. Number three is a lack of engagement by individual employers or groups of employees with the organization and or mental health activities. Fourthly, there's a lack of understanding on how to access mental health assistance beyond an EAP. There may also be a lack of internal capability and knowledge about mental health. And finally, within diverse workforces, there may be differing cultural attitudes to talking about mental health. Now stigma is the most frequently identified as a barrier to seeking mental health care. It leads to avoidance to seek help and negatively impacts treatment outcomes. Now stigma can take three forms. The first is public stigma, where a person is aware of the stereotypes attached to people who use mental health services. The second is self-stigma, where a person applies public stigma stereotypes to themselves. And the third is label avoidance, where a person refuses to acknowledge their symptoms or participate in mental health services because they fear negative consequences may arise if they receive a formal diagnostic label. The most common barriers to seeking help associated with stigma are firstly confidentiality. There is a fear that someone would find out that the person is receiving treatment. Secondly, There is a negative career impact. There's a fear that receiving treatment and key people coming to know about it at work will jeopardise their promotion opportunities. And finally, there's the judgement of co-workers. They fear that they'll no longer be treated the same by their colleagues. Thankfully, some companies are well-progressed in developing a mentally healthy workplace, and are adept at dealing with mental health issues. Others have a great deal of work to do. However, there are three areas we can all improve in. And the first is to continue to reduce stigma around mental health. Secondly, we need to focus on continuous improvement in managing employee mental health issues. And finally, we need to increase awareness of employee mental health in the workplace. You have been listening to Dr. Suzanne Barn, CEO and co-founder of Tap Into Safety. If you would like to read more about this topic and other related topics or to contact them for more information, please visit their website at www.tapintosafety.com.au. If you'd like to hear more of these podcasts, search for Tap Into Safety on iTunes or your favourite podcast provider. Until the next time, we hope you keep safe and well.